welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Nigel Desmond. Okay, let's pray. Father, Father, thank you. Yeah, this is a great time. Father, we just thank you so much for what you're doing. We thank you for your presence amongst us. You're so good, Lord. You're so good. Lord, I ask that you would pour out your presence and you would help the preacher. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, I've come up with various different titles for what I wanted to share this morning. And one title I had was A Living Culture, but I, I actually thought... When I woke up this morning, I was lying in bed and I thought a better, a better title for what I want to share this morning is Conversations About Culture. And um, Debbie and I, well Debbie's been uh, doing a series on, on beauty in the last couple of weeks. And uh, the reason we, we wanted to speak about beauty is it's part of the culture that we want to create. And um, you know, it's interesting how God works with us. Um, I've noticed that that God's conversations, um, he, he has no problem pausing a conversation. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Um, I, I, I shared a testimony last week where I, uh, when Debbie and I had just planted our first church in Grahamstown when we were in our early 20s, I used to pray and I used to ask the Lord, Lord, please, would you give us a, a, a weekend away at a, at a holiday house, because we had no money at that time. We couldn't afford to go away on holiday. And uh, I used to ask the Lord on a regular basis. And after a while, I forgot about that prayer. And about five years ago, um, friends of ours, actually, actually um, the, the friends were um, Alex and Ingrid, uh, they said, oh, we've got a holiday house. And uh, you'd be welcome to, to go and say. And I completely forgotten about the conversation I'd had with the Lord when I was in my 20s. But as I drove into Alex and Ingrid's holiday house for this particular weekend that they'd given us, and they'd been very generous, and they said, listen, just go and enjoy it. Um, you know, whatever's in the fridge, help yourself, just enjoy it. And as we drove into the driveway, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, there you go. That's what he said. He said, there you go. And... Um, he had a way of just the moment he said it, I knew I was back in the old conversation that I'd had decades previously. And the Lord's amazing like that. He can have conversations with you. And um, the Lord will pause, you know, I'm thinking about that. Because for him, you know, you know, day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Sometimes I want to explain to him that it's not like that for me, Jesus. Um, and... Uh, uh, about um, two years ago, uh, just as lockdown started, I had a night where I couldn't sleep. And um, it was just one of those nights, nothing really particularly was going on. I just was lying in bed and like, I don't know, I just couldn't sleep. And that's not usual for me, I'm a good sleeper. <laughs> and uh, so I got up and um, Debbie normally gets up and she's really spiritual. She will get up and she'll pray and, you know words for people and I get up and watch TV. <laughs> um, but in this in this case I got up, put on YouTube and a documentary came on about soil and about and immediately I knew that the Lord was speaking to me and I was just gripped by the story of this man 
who um, started bringing life back into the soil that he'd been given on his land, regenerating the soil. And I realized that the Lord was beginning a conversation with me about regeneration and regenerating soil. And, and I, I believe that, and so it started with me, I've always loved growing things, but that took it to another level during lockdown. I got into my garden, started growing things. And those of you who live in Pinelands will know growing things in Pinelands is a challenge. Um, I, I literally was part of a uh, I was part of a gardening seminar where I typed I was from Pinelands and this person mocked me and said, <laughs> "You get to garden in sea sand," and I was like, "Thank you very much for that." <laughs> and um, and literally that was my initial experience in trying to have a garden in Pinelands, is that the soil was just so poor. But God, from this documentary, just began speaking to me about how to grow stuff in my garden. And it was weird because it was, it was a real spiritual experience, but it wasn't anything like I was used to. And, and over the last couple of years, I've, I realized the Lord's just been speaking to me about, you know, when you want to grow something, you've got to start with the soil. And you've got to start with the uh, soil. And, um, and I started realizing how it really relates to everything we do in our lives. And uh, in, the, in the Bible, Jesus tells a story about the parable of the sower. And the, the parable of the sower goes out and he, he sows seed. And the seed falls in different places. And depending on where it falls, there are different results. And, and you know, my whole ministry life, I have gone out and I have sown seed. And I've sown the seed of the, uh, uh, of the gospel. And I want to tell you, there is nothing wrong with the seed. There's nothing wrong with the seed. But depending on where the seed falls, it, is, it depends on the harvest that, uh, that you get back. I want to tell you that in our world today, the gospel is being preached. And it's, we, we're taking the, 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 the gospel seed and we're throwing it out into our world. And you know what? We're struggling to get the harvest that God is wanting to get. And I think the reason, what we need to realize, there's still nothing wrong with God's word. God's word is perfect, un uh, unerring, unaltered. It is good and powerful. But what we actually need to start doing is beginning to work in the soil of the culture. See, my whole ministry life, I've taken the opposite approach. I've thought that we need to get more people born again. We need to get more people saved so that we can change the culture. But in actual fact, I'm beginning to be challenged by the Lord that we actually need to start doing the work in the culture so that more people can get saved. Now, I'll be honest with you, it's, it's a journey that I'm on. It's a conversation that, that, I'm, uh, that I'm having. And you know, culture, what culture is, culture is the environment in which you live. It, it's why things that we sometimes think are unimportant are actually really important. It's one of the reasons why when Dent and I set up this venue for the Presence Center, we wanted to go after creating an environment that is beautiful so that when people come in, they will feel, this is a place I can rest. This is a place where I can set this up. I'm, I'm feeling good in this place. So that in that place, when the seed begins to be sown into their, into their hearts, they have, uh, have space to receive it, uh, receive it. Debs, for the last couple of weeks, spoke on beauty. And from our estimation, beauty is everything that makes 
life worth living. So there's aesthetic beauty, but there are other kinds of beauty. The, uh, the Bible speaks about um, gazing, uh, it speaks about the beauty of holiness. David spoke about that the one thing he wants with his life, the one thing that he wants with his life is to gaze on the beauty of the Lord. And then we spoke about, um, what does that look like? You know, the beauty of holiness? Well, holiness, according to uh, Galatians, is the, uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is this. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, that is what beauty is. You know, it's amazing. I, I am, and let, me, let me just take one, kindness. Have you ever just seen somebody do something? Like maybe, maybe you see someone, um, I, I saw a, a video clip not so long ago about, uh, it was basically um, an elderly lady who lived in a dangerous na- uh, neighborhood. And um, she was old and very frail. But she had a, struck up a friendship with a guy in the neighborhood who was a different age group to her, different color to her, different culture to her. And they just were the polar opposites. And he was this tall, big, strong guy. And she was this, and he would just come each day and he'd walk her to the shops. And he would do her shopping with her. And they became fast friends. And then he would walk her back with her her groceries and they would have a cup of tea together. But there was this interaction that began to happen between them where she began to, well, sharing her life experiences and lessons. And she became a mum to this young man who never had a parent. And there was this interaction that, that was happening there of just kindness. His kindness of, of harnessing his strength and his youth and putting it at her disposal. And she just harnessed her love and her time and her wisdom and her life experience and gave it to him. That was kind of that. I want to tell you, in that interaction, that, that I mean, I, I don't know, I just looked at that and said, that is something beautiful. But I want to tell you that that is a facet of holiness. You see, sometimes... We equate holiness with uh, just morality, do's and don'ts. You know, thou shalt not and thou shalt. But, but God describes it as the beauty of holiness. So it's what makes life worth living. Love. Joy. Um, you know, the, the, those moments, I, I can't remember what it was. At, at a certain point in, in our week this week, I can't remember what uh, started, but one of my children, one of my smaller children, um, just got really excited about something. I can't remember what it was, but there was this spontaneous dance that just occurred. Where it was like, like it was like joy was coming out of every limb, you know? And, and in that moment, you look at that and you say, wow, that's, that's just, why don't I do more of that? And and you know, there's, that is the beauty of holiness. And I, I really believe that we need to begin to pursue a culture of holiness that looks like this. 
Because in that environment, the gospel flourishes. So, so the Lord's been having this conversation with me about uh, focusing on the, so- uh, the soil. And generally, when we talk about the soil, we talk about the soil of the heart. But I, I believe we need to make a broader application and start speaking about the soil of our culture. And focus on bringing life back into the soil. See, the interesting thing is, is, is as I've been studying about regenerative agriculture, and I, forgive me, it's, it's funny how you have these conversations with the Lord. He silence with something, and then I, I keep on bumping into these people. And, like, and I say, well, what so my passion is regenerative agriculture. And I'm like, huh, that's kind of weird. I hear people stalking me, you know? And... Um, and then you begin having this conversation with him about their passion about agriculture or something. And you realize, man, this is the Lord. He's, he's talking to me uh, uh, about something. And so I went, went to a wedding um, just after Jaden uh, Brandon's wedding, the week after. And I sit down across the table uh, with this, uh, this man. And his passion is he had been a minister, Baptist minister. And now... And then he went into regenerative farming. And now he's out of regenerative farming and applying the principles of regenerative farming to organizations. And I'm like, wow, this is kind of weird. <laughs> and uh, and he, he shared six principles with me. And I thought, this is, this is amazing. And the six principles here, and I'm just going to share them with you. And I'm going to uh, share, uh, share with you the applications I feel for us. Because I believe we are called to create a culture here. That this place is meant to... And be cultured. So he, he spoke about holism, in other words, taking things as a whole. He spoke about interdependence. Um, he spoke about uniqueness. He spoke about um, uh, evolution, or I, I said changing. He spoke about nodal, and don't worry, I'm going to de- uh, develop all these things, and developmental. And, and he, he said these are six principles of regenerative uh, agriculture. And um, the first thing was he spoke about holism. And it just really spoke to me because if you're going to have life, you have to look at the whole thing. See, what you often do if you want to get something to grow and you've got poor soil is you just stick a plant in a place and then you stick some fertilizer next to it. And for one season, it may look good for you. But you'll have to come back the next season and stick another plant in Stick some fertilizer and keep doing that if your soil is not healthy. But if you want to have an ecosystem that's healthy, you have to be patient. So what I did in my garden, three years ago, I covered all my flower beds with wood chips. I covered all my... Uh, and, and, you know, as the wood chips decay, what begins to happen is an ecosystem begins to happen. And... You would get microbes in the soil and fungi in the soil and, and the, the wood chips start to decay. It starts putting nutrients back into the soil. The plants begin to grow. Your, your weeds start going down. And it's a longer process. But it's about the whole system. And you know, I really believe that we, we can't change our culture by just planting a church and sticking the fertilizer there and we grow a healthy church. If the soil of the culture around it is not getting, uh, not getting changed, we're not going to change the world. And so we have, have to start looking at the system as a whole of uh, what we're doing. Amen? You know, God is not invested in church life. Only. He's invested in all of life. 
So in other words, when you go to work on Monday or you go and study on Monday, he's just, an, just as invested in that. And that's just as spiritual as what you're doing right now at church. Actually, for some people, it's more so. Because this is where you're called. This is where you created to make a difference. Amen? So there's no such thing in God's kingdom as sacred and secular. The next thing, interdependence. You know, um, there's something about a multi-generational vision and a multi-generational culture. I, I, one of my great frustrations in the ministry was when I was younger, I can remember I, I, got, in, I, I got into church and uh, Demi and I launched our first church. I was 22, she was 20. We launched a church by mistake and we accidentally reached enough people that it turned into a church. We, we didn't realize we were launching a church. God just gave us a church and then I got ordained over the telephone. But that's, a, that's another story. And so when, what ended up happening, we had this church. And I can remember going to leaders meetings. And like the, the leaders were like, you know, um, about, they were all about, hang on, you know, wait a moment. You know, you get your, you need to pay your dues. You know, you're young, you know, pay your dues, pay your dues. And they were talking about, you know, just paying your dues. And I was like, I get it. I'm young, I get it, I get it, I get it. And, you know, people would say, you're too young, you know, you're too young, you're too young. You do, and then at a certain point, you know what happened? One day, you're too young, and then the conversation flipped, and it was like you're too old. And I was like, "What the heck? When did that happen? When was it the perfect moment? No one informed me. I missed my moment. I missed it. It was like you're too young. You're too young. Just wait. Just wait. You're too old. It's the young people. And I was like, "What the heck? What about us middle aged? Do we do we get a shot at all?" But you know, if you go into a forest, and you know, forests are some of the most perfect, like a, um, a wild forest, if I can put it that way, um, a natural forest. Most amazing thing about it, it's multi-generational. If you go in there, there's tall trees, there's little saplings, there's bushes, there's fallen trees that are decaying and giving life. And if you go in there, a forest is multi-generational, and that's what gives it life. And it's the same thing in culture. You know, in the West, we, we, what we've, we've so compartmentalized living is that we, we put the babies in one corner, we put the young people in another corner, we put, you know, young adult, and, and then we, we take our retired people, we push them aside. And what, what ends up happening is we've so compartmentalized our culture that actually we're killing our culture. And that's a tragedy. Whereas in actual fact, what we need is we actually need to be drawing from one another. That's what a healthy culture looks like. It brings balance, it brings food, it, brings, it creates environment, and it creates life. But then the next thing you spoke about was uniqueness. You know, have you noticed that sometimes if you can get into a church long enough, everyone starts looking the same, dressing the same, talking the same, and we have the same vocab. Well, you know what? We're not made like that. We actually call this, there's something about uniqueness that actually, um, <laughs> the, 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 word, the word in the Greek um, is actually the word idioti. It's where we get the English word idiot from, you know? And 
but and in, in the Greek, it's actually got a positive connotation and speaks about uniqueness. <laughs> you see, cultures where somebody is just an outline, we say, well, he's an idiot. But actually, the closer translation is a genius. Where there's a uniqueness in being you, in bringing your, uh, your culture, your flavor, your perspe- uh, perspective. And that's one of the things that we go and... Do you know that God's first gift that He gave you was you? That, that's a, he, he, he put stuff in you that makes you you. And you're meant to bring that flavor to the world. Amen? Amen. He, he spoke about evolutionary. I prefer using the word changing. Just because evolution can have some negative connotations. But, you know, life changes. You ever notice that? Ever notice? I mean, like, just when I am getting things sorted in my garden, God changes the season. It's empty. It's like, you know, some of my trees were just doing so nicely. And all of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, I come and they dropped all their leaves. I'm like, guys, you worked so hard for those things. I was enjoying that. Um. Life changes, we change, and seasons change. And to try and build a healthy culture that does not recognize seasons is impossible. Amen? Nodal. Okay, nodal. What is that? It speaks about having little spot. It's that a node is, um, it speaks about the diffusion of power. And uh, we, we just feel like we call to create a culture that's about um, diffusing and not centralizing decision-making, dis- uh, centralizing um, ideas, centralizing power. Uh, I actually see us having many of these present centers across the city and across the world. And in fact, we're recording today because we have got another node in Scotland that will possibly be um, listening to this later on. And, you know, it's exciting to have different flavors, amen, rather than centralizing. And finally, developmental. He spoke about developmental. And to me, it speaks about discipleship, transfer, and growth in the sense that everyone needs a place where they can develop and grow and become, uh, become more. Become more. That you don't stagnate where you are. Because life is boring when you stagnate. Yeah. I mean, you need, we need to be challenged. We need to, to go, and also, not only challenged to move on, but challenged not to slip back. You, you need people around you who will remind you, hey, man, you need to do more of that. You're good at that. Uh, I, I've got a great uh, friend of mine who is a pastor and he's a great preacher. But whenever I see this guy step into the evangelistic area, I just go, wow, that's amazing. That's where he started. Started on campus as an, uh, as an evangelist. And uh, I like to go up and say, remind him, hey, you know what? You're really good at that. When you preach like uh, uh, that, you, you need any, and he always tells me, you're, you know, you're right. You, it, it's amazing. I just, somebody comes alive when I'm back in that space. Yeah, you just got sta- you just got comfortable over here. That challenges you, but man, you come alive when, uh, when you do that. We need friends like that around us, amen. Who remind us, man? You know, you've got you've got a fire and you've got stoke it up, stoke it up. You've got more to give, amen. So, 
Guys, this, as I said, the, the, the topic was conversations about culture. These are actually some initial ideas about, uh, about culture. And we're going to have many more. But what we are wanting to pursue here at Infinite um, and in the present center is, is developing a culture that creates life. So uh, it's a regenerative culture that brings life back into our lives. One of the things that, that has, I think, depleted the impact of spiritual life in our modern culture is almost that idea that everything we do, we just got to get people being productive. You know? Get, 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 get people being productive. And after a while, if you've been a Christian for any period of time, you kind of feel like you've been strip-mined. <laughs> you know? It's like, you're just like, hey, I'm tired now. <laughs> I'm tired. But what if we created a culture? And we all start asking ourselves the, the question, what, what can we do to just bring life into this culture so that when we encounter people and we are in an environment that they just start feeling life coming back into them. You know what? I think it would just be so much easier to share the gospel. So much easier to share the gospel with people when there's just love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control coming off of us. Amen? We hope you have enjoyed this message from Nigel Desmond. For more information, please visit nigelanddebbie.org.